What's up? We are at episode eight with Esme Prowse, one of the most fascinating people I know. I am super stoked to see how this conversation unfolds for you guys because she has such an energy and such an intellect. So uh, let's dive into it. Please listen carefully. Kind of just tell me about where you're at right now. What are you doing? What's Esme doing right now? I am, I'm 25. I'm living at my parents' house. I'm driving a car I don't own. I have a cat. His name is Judas. And um, just filling my free time with art and friends while working the most uh, political job my little body could handle right now in, in a municipal office. Uh, and I will not be staying there, so I'm going to be looking for other work. And that's kind of what I'm doing with my time. You're in the transition I'm in period. that transition yeah. of, you know, just like 25. Just yep. Sitting, waiting, trying to work on me mostly. Like it's mm-hmm. moving from that being a narcissist and like I want to be pretty so people can tell me I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. I want to be healthy so I can live a long life and have beautiful experiences with friends and family. That's amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. So that's like, this is the shit I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm in a weird space today, so you're going to get but, it. <laughs> you're going to get all the good stuff. But you're a poli-sci major. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about – that's what I'm – that's what is, like, the most um, – have you always been one or the other? And then how does, like – how does a poli-sci be so spiritual and connected? That's my mom. Connected? That's all my mom, honestly. She's uh, the political scientist in my life. Otherwise, like, what is that? Who? What does that mean? when you go to school for poli-sci, like, for poli-sci, I went um, originally into business and women's studies. I had thought that with women's studies, I could balance the need to make money. And then when I got into, like, the philosophy of women's studies and what it means to be on the left side of the political spectrum compared to the right side of capitalist perspective, which Mm -hmm. is what I was learning in um, business at the time, I realized my interests were policy. I was interested in what happened with the water, the fluoride in Windsor. Um, I was interested in how that affected my body and my pineal gland back in like, I don't know, I was like 21. So I went vegan. I stopped eating all sugar. I stopped eating everything bad for you. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I was like everything except going to church basically. Mm -hmm. Like it was, my body is a temple. Um, and women's studies really uh, kept me going on that route. And I did stay with that all throughout university, but I didn't graduate women's studies or gender studies. Okay. I did five years of it. Um, And I think that's because I switched to poli-sci. And it was kind of – political science is a balance of, like, that masculine, feminine, spiritual, linear energy because you're measuring, like, how many times a word is said in a month – and it's like, why does that matter? And yeah. then you have to, like, ascribe meaning to it. And then that becomes, like, a political message for the news to talk about. And the news teaches you as the listener or consumer, what does that mean for your next decision as a voter? When are they deciding to give that information to you? Like, in America, it's constantly this, like, reality show. Right. And I'm waiting for them to wake up. But that's not my problem, thankfully. Yep. <laughs> um, so it, it's, like, with meditation, with, um, like, as you know, I'm a yoga instructor. Yeah. I try to force myself to meditate every morning, at least when I first wake up, like Mm -hmm. just sit with it, just sit with who I am, sit with where I'm at, like no judgment. Before you touch your phone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't even like give myself an intent anymore because I realize like at the end of the day, my intent is just to try to be grateful and consistently grateful Mm -hmm. because you can be like, yeah, I love my mom. Yeah, I love like having feet. I like, (laughs) I don't know, I ate food today kind of thing, but it's... It gets to the point where, like, I'm so lucky to be alive at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And even if I haven't made an impact yet, I can do it tomorrow. Yep. Every day is a new opportunity <laughs> yeah, to like, do that. Even if it's not tomorrow, maybe I did it last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not going to know until two weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah. And what does, me- mean, what does making an impact really mean? Because that's kind of different for everyone. Yeah. Right? You've already made an impact on me, and you oh, might yeah. not even know that. You know oh, what I'm shoot. saying? Yeah. Like, so – but it does. It takes – time and that it's interesting that um especially now like in your transition period that we're doing this now yeah because i'm kind of curious yeah yeah it'll Um, it'll change 
How are you I, feeling in that tra- like in this transition right now? At this point, where today I'm pretty much despondent. I'm just kind of like I'm over the being sad. I'm over like the being angry. I'm just like, all right, I know I know how excellent I am, and I guess like I have to prove it now. Yep. it's not going to just be like osmosis and passing. Like, oh, she's pretty cool, or like like I know that's going to happen no matter what. But for me to get to where and what I want to do in life, mm-hmm. I need to make an active, participating choice. I like that. And that, I think, is um, what the scariest part of this is because, like, I could end up in none of it. I could end up in Vancouver. I don't know. Maybe I'll work somewhere in Australia for a bit. Yeah. But, like, I could probably just stay here for, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Too. Kind of Where am I there. most necessary and what do I need to pull out of myself to, like, keep who I am with me the whole time? Because mm-hmm. I feel like with the changing world, especially in these days. Yeah. Um, I'm going to lose that if I keep running. So I'm not running. I'm, I'm trying to place myself in, like, where I need to be. Right. And then, like, with – I don't know. I love, like, astrology and everything too, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to always match the people I meet to when their birthdays are. And okay. It's an empirical challenge for me, though. Like, as a social scientist, I'm trying to count how many people – how many Scorpios are actually like the traditional Scorpio. How many Geminis are like this or two-faced or yeah. how many Aries are headstrong and – what have you found? Honestly, it's <laughs> so true. Like, you have to kind of make the story fit at times. But I realized when you find out somebody's an air sign versus a, a, a water sign, okay. that'll give you more detail than like, oh, an Aquarius versus a Sagittarius. Like, that yeah. doesn't matter. Okay. That's that's where the ego plays into it. It's more like, are, is your very basic nature from when you were born in a cold month or a warm month? Mm, or what? were things dying outside? How did your family react to you being outside? How did your, especially an evolutionary standpoint, how did your reality change based on the first two or three months of you being mm. in this world? And how that shapes you for and the And how rest that shapes you as a person. So I do find like people are grouped in certain times of the year. Like all my very close female friends are mm-hmm. born around March, April, February. Mm-hmm. All my very close male friends are born like this time of year. Like Scorpio to back to Leo. And what is that? What have um, you found that to mean? I find it means like I'm I'm headstrong. I'm like Aries Pisces. So I like to not only be underneath the surface and kind of try to understand all the mystic details, mm-hmm. but I'm also very headstrong. And once I make that decision, I'm going to like crash through your wall. <laughs> but a lot of my female friends are like that, and I really like that powerful energy and mm-hmm. a woman um, because my mom's also Aries. Right. Okay. Um, but then all my male friends, they're like Libra, Virgo, some Scorpio, some like – it's interesting to see how they, they – they're more like, the, oh, well, we'll balance. Oh, we'll, we'll be au contraire, just to be contrarian. It's yeah. not necessarily like they're actually devil's advocates, but they love playing that card. Just to do it. <laughs> just to do it. And, yeah. and I think I need that because I get so headstrong mm. or I get so um, neglectful in my choice where I'm like, I'm just going to be apathetic. I'm going to walk away from this. This is not my problem. Yep. So I do find surrounding myself with that kind of group helps. Yeah. But I ha- it was a conscious decision because it wasn't easy to always have um, – certain perspectives be brought up to me so consistently so and like, you had to shape our world yeah so you've had have you had to rid of um like a friend group that wasn't fitting yeah for you a couple okay. and like I love everybody I meet because I think if you can connect you can love the person mm-hmm. so all the friends that I have all the friends that I don't have anymore <laughs> um I still like you yeah know. but you probably won't want me around in a way that like not that I don't think you'd like me. It's mm-hmm. more so I don't want to be a bother. Right. I don't want to have to remind you of the things that you're already working on just because of who I am and where I'm right. at. Do you think that's thing. why people, and I've, I say it all the time, like when you find like-minded people, yeah. you have that sense of connection. It's like that whole vibe, them. energy yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah. I think everybody can rub somebody the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in yoga, oh my God, one of the things I learned in, um, shout out to Megan Fede's, um, <laughs> she said... Honestly, they don't like you. When you go up there, just assume they don't like you because <laughs> you're, you're going to piss them off. Mm-hmm. You're, gonna, like, you're telling people, full-grown adults, to move their bodies and mm-hmm. to breathe in a way that like, they don't control. Right. You're controlling them. Yeah. So how are you, as an adult, telling other adults to wiggle on their mat yeah. in a serious way? You mm-hmm. have to think of yourself as 
I don't know, I think of myself as like a, a participating serviceman. Because, like, okay. I'll do the yoga class with you if I notice, like, people are like, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, no, you'll love it. Yeah, let me show you. <laughs> I'll just do it with them and I'll, like, look them dead in the eyes. And I think that um, – and, like, a work front or, like, a social front. I'm not afraid of eye contact yeah. anymore. Yeah, So anymore. Anymore. How So you used to not be okay with eye contact. Oh, God, no. I was, like, so tactile dysfunctional. I didn't like hugs. I didn't want to be looked at. Really? I was so emo. I had the full fringe over my face, black hair. All of it. All of it. Okay, so tell me about – let's go back. So okay. let's go back to when you are younger. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you're 14. Right. Tell me about um, – How did I get to this How did you get here? Person. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Because okay. it's – that's a whole you – know, that's a whole lemon soul thing, right, <laughs> is is coming from that darkness. It's and true. Um, how you stuff. get here, what's the process like? So tell me about that, that younger self. Oh, I was an angry kid. Angry? I was very angry. Oh, my God. At what? Uh, everything. I was just pissed off. And, like, I realized a lot of it manifested in my dreams. So I had night terrors as okay. a kid. Um, yeah. Like, the, that. What <laughs> is that experience like? I've never, obviously, I've never had no, night terrors. No, it's like, so. I never really had the sleep paralysis. Because okay. I would wake up and get up out of my bed and interact with, like, my hallucinations as a child. So I remember, um there was these three clowns and they would be like in my doorway. If my door was open, they'd like be in my doorway, stacked up on each other. What? Yeah, popping their head out at me. And um, one guy had like blue hair that looked like meat. It was just like really disturbing to see these creature things. And they'd come up and like steal my little like paper fans. I'd make like little fans to what? sit with. And they'd take them and they'd blow them in my face and then run away and I'd be like, what the f- Three years old, freaking out. My parents are like, what's going on? Always freaking out with these clowns. Yeah. Where did that come? Where do you I think? I have no idea. Yeah. That like, and I think um, it's not really clowns that bother me. It's just like the invasion of my space. So I think maybe that's where my like tactile, okay. like don't get too close thing yeah. happened. Yeah, so I was always a weird kid. Always <laughs> like very strange. Uh, <laughs> I would force my siblings to like do fashion shows and it'd like dress them up and like, paint their faces and stuff and do their hair or like make them do a play with me so. <laughs> oh yeah are you the oldest or the youngest I'm the oldest you're the oldest four, yeah a four <laughs> yeah okay yeah okay so back me up so now we're we're night terrors we're a young kid and we're yeah, weird. weird and i like nightmare before christmas so i think like emos me <laughs> yeah came from that <laughs> <laughs> then i it must have been just puberty and hormones, honestly, because it was like that body dysmorphia clicked. Okay. And I was like, I don't look like how I'm being sold I'm supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Yeah. And, oh, man, I remember issues with acne started young, but it didn't actually, like, get bad until recently. And then I'm like, wow, I just wasted a lot of time freaking out over nothing. Yeah. Perspective. So, <laughs> yeah, seriously. So that kind of helped growing up a bit. Um, but when I was probably – 14 or 13 I read this book it was a book called perfect mm-hmm. and it was about these two girls and they were both bulimic and that blew my mind that they based their entire friendship off of this self-destructive activity hmm. and at the time I was already preoccupied with my weight and stuff right. and um, I didn't have any close friends to do that with so right. it was kind of like oh I'm gonna make my own friend and my my psyche my developing yeah. self was like I'm going to tell myself in a way that this is okay. Okay. And were you doing this before you read this book? No, no. I was okay. um, self-harming though. I was cutting. Okay. And I don't remember what triggered that. Honestly, okay. probably like that emo culture of yep. like the self-harm and, and being in need of attention, but mm-hmm. not knowing how to ask for it. And then mm-hmm. that became glorified. Right. And because it became glorified and then like Twilight and everything came out, you couldn't really be that if you actually were that without it being um, a spectacle. Peers would kind of make it bigger than it is your family members wouldn't know how to react to it right right so i i avoided that thankfully okay but i had my days of like full out manic freak outs yep. screaming and okay. my parents are like what's going on with this kid and yeah I'm like, ah. i had i think i had a pretty typical like teenage girl life mm-hmm. honestly because i i was miserable but i also had good friends mm-hmm. and i and i wanted like the adventures but i also like to just 
chill. Yeah. And like I wasn't, I didn't drink. I didn't really like to smoke. I tried it, wasn't into it. I had a boyfriend that did, didn't realize I didn't need to smoke to be around him. So I kind of never held on to that, never picked up an addiction. Mm -hmm. But um, now I have a lot of friends that I'd love to help them break that too. So. Um, how it comes full circle yeah it kind of comes full circle and like I don't know I just kind of sit with it but now I'm getting older and I'm seeing people are getting sick in Mm -hmm. my life and Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen no so my health back then wasn't a priority though okay I didn't care um I didn't think I needed to work out Mm -hmm. either because I had that little trick right up my sleeve right so how long did that last for oh I was like 14 up until probably like yeah last year okay two years ago I only started treatment for this like Six months ago. Okay. Are you where are you working with someone in like locally? No, I'm not even taking therapy. Okay. I'm just okay. I'm just on the medication, and okay. I find that has been like the thing, the thing that needed to stop the screaming demon from inside of me. Okay. From continuously screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she hasn't screamed in weeks. So yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty good with it. Um, but I know it's gonna come back, and mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna have to work on it. But well, I think that's a lot of it is is realizing it's a managing and coping process. The patterns, too. Yeah. Really seeing where I am um, letting myself kind of disassociate. Okay. That's, I think, what I need to catch myself doing because mm-hmm. um, that's when I would figure, maybe not necessarily binging and purging, but I'm going to go work out on an empty stomach three okay. days this week. Interesting. And then not question my foot hurting. <laughs> right. And it kind of manifests. So it manifests in different ways. That's kind of yeah, interesting yeah. So, um, as it's changing as you're getting older. Exactly. And then when I was vegan after my thing from switching from business to poli sci, I like the orthorexia thing came out. Okay. So I wasn't binging and purging back then. Okay. Um, I was eating, but I was also walking an hour a day in the cold and only eating vegan or gluten-free entirely. Like I had to make it myself. I wouldn't eat anything anybody gave me. I wouldn't drink anything with the sugar in it. Like, okay. It was... Did you the, realize you were... Did you... Was it a conscious effort of, like, doing that? Or was it, like, a it mindset was, of, I'm doing this because I want to be healthy? It was, like, this is necessary for me to do because I can't keep throwing up. But okay. I think at that point, that was already, like, six years into binging and purging and okay. hiding that from everyone. Right. That I was like, well, I can't do that all the time. Yeah. And it's not healthy and it it makes you bloated. Your face gets kind of puffy. Um, my interest recently has been Amy Winehouse and it's because of that she was bulimic and people didn't really question it. But okay. she was bulimic from probably when she was like 12, 13. I didn't know that. No, I mean, if she had gotten help, she probably, and I'm just speculating here, probably wouldn't have gotten into the drugs she found herself going into more regularly and hmm. her body wouldn't have given out quite so early. Her heart stopped, right? Oh. Eating disorders directly affect the heart. Um so I, I didn't get into any of that until recently myself, right. but I, I figured back then, like, okay, I'll just be really healthy. And I got the whole Instagram, yep. Pinterest life. Like, oh, I'm going to drink, like, turmeric smoothies. Yep. And, oh, my God. And at the same time, I got really into Satanism. So that was kind of, like, a weird thing I was doing while at I was this, in school at the for same poli time. Sci, yeah. yeah, while I was vegan, while I was, like, trying to – get more into yoga kind of started yeah using yoga as a coping mechanism at the time okay found it i was hypermobile what does that mean so like i can dislocate like all my joints almost okay um so like as a contort as a contortionist contortionist. so i was um a contortionist as a child like 12 and then i didn't really practice it until like recent seven eight years and then i was like oh wow i'm like more mobile than most people are (laughs) so I used yoga to get stronger because I already had the flexibility Mm -hmm. and then because of that like working through oh well I can do these things but I can't hold myself that ego challenge Mm -hmm. has been um kind of mind opening yeah and that's where why I'm at where I'm at now more so because I would force myself to relearn to wake up muscles interesting that I was kind of gliding over all these years so most of my injuries are just from neglect because I was finding it easier to stand in a certain way, especially with an eating disorder, especially with anxiety. We hold ourselves differently. We give ourselves the comfort we need at the moment, but we don't think about the long-term stress. And yoga has helped me. Yoga has helped me with that. So, like, even on my phone, I can always check myself to make sure my shoulders are over my hips. Right. In a constant state of remembering Constant state of, like, posture, posture, posture. Bunda, bunda, bunda. (laughs) So tell me, so we're going to, I want us to go back even to being younger, having an eating disorder. How does that change going from being a young kid to slowly becoming an adult? 
that how has that followed you? Well, it's yeah, a couple different ways actually. I realized especially back when I was in my early 20s, like 2021, 22, I thought I was getting better because I wasn't purging. Okay. But at the same time I was over-exercising, abusing laxatives, like you name it. Um now I'm older but I see that like my sexuality and my hormones and the things Mm -hmm. that I want like if I have a kid or not I'd still like to be able to have a child just because it's better for my body right and that terrifies me I'm not like OCD about that but Mm -hmm. I think I've always been afraid of that like manifestation of a tumor or like something I can't control control. through my life Mm -hmm. so my phone's always next to me I'm probably gonna have some sort of thing because of it I know I carry my phone like these tights have like pockets on the side so I keep my phone like right next to my thigh all day long yeah and I'm like something's going on here (laughs) yeah but years ago I was afraid of microwaves so things for me have really right right a little yeah I remember that I remember that when that was like a popular thing and we weren't supposed to microwave anything and yeah you know so I I switched in that sense like more practical and like when I was vegan I was like politically vegan like eco-feminist vegan and now I'm like I'm plant-based and yep. if you want to be like if you want to define yourself mm-hmm. as something that like is political and if that makes you feel good about yourself then yeah. do it but like do your research okay because like either way if you're going for the argument of health or the environment mm-hmm. plant-based living can do damage on both interesting just as much as they can help both like, i just watched um the cowspiracy conspiracy um, documentary yeah. and as a filmmaker and having gone through film school i'm very critical of almost anything i watch but especially documentaries yeah you know you can you learn you know facts can be shaped and skewed or facts can look like one thing and statistically be completely different oh, yeah. so i'm watching this documentary feeling very sad because i eat meat and uh I had a hard time. I'm like an open-minded skeptic is how I always <laughs> um, describe myself. But then I found myself um, at the, after watching it, and I don't know whether it was – I have a weird meat complex. It's a whole topic of conversation. <laughs> but I don't know whether it was watching documentary um, and see, seeing physically they show like when they went to the, the backyard um, oh. with the ducks or the birds, and that freaked me out. I like didn't eat I – didn't, I didn't even consciously not eat you're just sick. Meat, I was just like, I just, I don't feel comfortable with this right now. Yeah. And I don't know how, and I haven't done the research on the, that specific documentary and stuff, but there's it's, so it's much visceral. coming at you. It's really visceral, but um, I don't know. My thing is if I'm craving it, I'm probably going to eat it. Like I'm not going to suffer, but mm-hmm. most of the time I don't have cravings for flesh or anything right. like that. Like I've re- found recently I do take on more dairy products like um, yogurt. Yep. Because probiotics are freaking expensive, mm-hmm. and I don't have the money for that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to eat some yogurt. Yep. Just get it in one way or the other. Or like Starbucks. What do they have that's gluten-free? Nada, except Nothing. for the eggs. So I'm going <laughs> to eat the freaking eggs with cheese in it because yeah. they're egg whites with, like, red peppers. Yum. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. So those little decisions I've had to kind of be like – my eating disorder t- screams at me. She's, right. like, inside of me. Like, ah, what the fuck kind of thing. What Like, what does that feel like going from being an at- – well. From being bulimic, I used to have that voice that would be like, it's okay. You can eat that. We'll just get rid of it we'll later. We'll just get rid of it later. Right. Now I still hear that, but right. I'm like, I have to be like, nah. Right. No, we're not getting, no. Yeah. There is no going back. Yeah. Like, you're going to eat this chocolate and you're going to enjoy it. Right. And that's it. Do End you still story. struggle mentally with that? Yeah. Sometimes I notice I'll like, I'll be doing squats throughout the day on yeah. like a bad day. Yeah. Just like doing squats all day. Like I'm going to just, whenever I have a free moment, I'm just going to pop five out really quick. Yep. And I do find like it helps my digestion when I do a little bit of exercise. Right. But um, that's the most I let myself do because I used to be the type that would, like I, I would tell myself I'm training for a triathlon mm-hmm. just to train for a triathlon. Right. Not I almost joined go. the army <laughs> just to do the base training because right. I'm like I want to do a hundred million push-ups and have jacked arms yeah but, but like just have them not to I didn't want to kill anyone I don't want to go to the right like battles by yeah, any to, like, means actually utilize I don't want to the... shoot a gun by any means mm-hmm. and like martial arts maybe I would go into that now that I'm more into yoga it's a different kind of art it is an art so right. if I do need um a practical skill and fitness yeah improvement I think I'm focused on that in the future but right yeah. now it's like just trying to respect that I don't need to work out three times a week. 
gotcha. if I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I have all these things all the time, but yeah. there's that, like, is this going to make me feel good about myself or am I, am I avoiding something? Yeah. Am I trying to um, not do something I'm stressing out about? Like, I always find anxiety is just not doing what you're meant to do. Okay. Talk um, to me a little bit about your experience with mental illness, because I know that probably pairs yeah, quite side by side. It ties together. Um, so anxiety, I've never really been diagnosed with anything, but yeah. I have talked to plenty of um, doctors and, and um, psychiatrists. They've told me, like, I border on certain things, mm-hmm. or, like, um, I borderline's been mentioned, but it's never been diagnosed. Yep. Um, bipolar's been mentioned, never diagnosed. Okay. Anxiety for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, now that I've kind of been honest with my doctor that I have bulimic, they put me on the only medication that's used for bulimics, and that's Prozac, and that's specifically okay. the SSRI for anxiety, mm-hmm. and then other things. But for me, it's calmed my anxiety in a way that's not like I need to rush to the bathroom or rush to the gym. It's There's no panic button going off anymore. Okay, okay. Um, and if I do notice, okay, like, I don't have a problem with eating that extra piece of chocolate or cake or whatever, mm-hmm. but I do know when I've done it too many days in a row and I'm starting to feel sluggish and right. I don't mind just, okay, I'm going to go for a longer walk today. Right. So it's trying to develop that healthier Try to relationship your body, right? yeah, with my body, but yeah. with food. And then like lately because of job stress um, and unfortunately I'm under somebody that's very controlling in the way that she eats, mm-hmm. um, I'm finding that triggering me again in a way that's not making me want to binge or purge, but I just don't want to eat around her because it yeah. feels like I could hear how she talks to herself. Mm-hmm. And she's mentioned it before a couple of times, like, oh, more carbs kind of thing. Right. And I've said that myself, like, oh, I don't need more carbs today. Like, right. I've said that to myself so probably it's today. That, <laughs> it's just the voice that, like, yeah, people that... get these days because mm-hmm. of what we're in, but I don't have um, an easy time when I see it in an extreme. Like, if somebody just okay. says it in passing, they're a friend or whatever. Right. Oh, more carbs. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But if you are obviously restricting yeah. and you're obviously not eating and you're thinner on the daily and then you yeah. say something like that, like that's going to make me feel like I don't know how to comfort you because I know how guarded a person is. Right. That I think that's my current struggle is to not allow other people's struggles to ignite my own again. Where What advice would you give someone going through a similar experience? Like what do you wish you would have known Anytime before, anytime you have an emotional reaction that you are exhausted from, if you find that you freaked out, you screamed, you cried, you laughed too hard, even your head hurts, check in what caused you to just expel all that energy. Mm. Because that's where it's like, especially if you're pissed off because something didn't go your way. What expectation did you hold? Yep. Okay. Well, I think we get into kind of that that negative rut. So if we're finding we're exhausted because of our own emotions to it mm-hmm. that's when I would try to check in because that's when yeah. I realized like if I'm crying in my room I'm like why the hell am I crying in my room yeah what's ha- what did I just what is the let reason? myself go through yeah because unless somebody said something mean to me mm-hmm. I'm probably I'm probably reacting to a story in my head yeah I think a lot of it for me um is about making it like that it's a conscious change instead of just like going through the motions throughout my day because you can just let yourself go through those emotions all you want and get yourself completely exhausted. But it is about che- making that check-in and, like, making the conscious effort yeah. to realize when you're pissed off and being like, hey, why? Is it day two or is it just, like, five minutes in? Right. So. And, and making that effort to look a little bit inwards. Do you think that came from kind of, like, your yoga experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and, and um, like, with Satanism, too, because I believe in um, the Thelma kind of class of thought I guess okay you gotta explain satanism to me I know it's (laughs) it's hard to talk about myself without like just opening the worms um so Aleister Crowley he's my man he's a bad guy but he had a great idea that we um have the power to control our own will so in satanism all it is is you're blasphemous to the church saying that you are your own god you have the power to control your own reality there is no other Okay. You don't need to pray outside of yourself. He, your your power, the thing that ignited this whole reality is already inside of you. It's what's letting you experience it. So with that, like, you are your own God. You have the power to control your own reality. You can control your will. And then anything that you will is what you actually love. Anything you create then, any art that you produce or any work that you put yourself into is then what you worship. And then you can continue your life with, like, creating your own idols 
of your own aspects. So that's why I have so many different hobbies myself. Yeah. Like I, I do yoga, I play ukulele, I paint, I sing, I contortion, but also poli sci. And yeah. Like, there's a million different departments I'd love to work in with that too. So how does, as someone who, and I don't want to offend, I, you will not. religion is always, or non-religion is it's always I like a sensitive topic, right? On this. Um, what's the difference between Satanism and um, atheism? Um, technically they're all like the same thing in my okay. opinion, Okay. but with Satanism, there's a couple different classes of it. There's like what you'd imagine with Satanism where people are like worshiping and like being gross. Okay. Like that's all I can really describe. Yep. It like, <laughs> being gross about stuff. Like don't, don't be gross. And then there's like the, uh, um, Anton LaVey, the 1970s kind of Satanism, Church of Satan. That's where like Marilyn Manson and stuff kind of got into. Okay. And, um, Ozzy Osbourne and mm-hmm. all that glorified rock and roll satanism okay um but then alistair crowley is kind of where led zeppelin came from okay with all their weird symbols that's where he in 1901 or 1903 or something him and his wife were in egypt and he had one of those like relevation moments where he was being talked to from something it was horus i guess the god okay um and his wife wrote it down as is custom in most scriptures the woman writes them down (laughs) and it was it's a really cool book i find it very interesting what he had to say at the time was like three chapters and all it had was the rules of what this religion is and it's just beautiful and simple and like Mm. you have to respect the air between people not just like between you and i but like anybody else in this building Mm -hmm. okay right so imagining not like um and energy is is there but it's not necessarily a void either so me speaking to you the vibrations coming to your ears Mm -hmm can be malicious or they can be loving or they can be comforting but it doesn't even matter the tone of voice i'm using it's the words i'm using so if i then change the tone of voice to the words i'm using that that can um, violate the energy and it can make it stale okay right so then you have like you have somebody walk into the room after i just insulted you they're right. like damn this room is they like can feel thick. it ah. that's kind of where i started getting into that mentality of um what is it that humans are incapable of measuring what is it that we don't know? If we can feel radio waves only through a radio mm-hmm. and we can hear it with our ears and that's mm-hmm. how we know the radio waves are there. What other waves are passing through us right now that our phones can't measure, that things that we haven't invented yet can't right. detect? What have you found thus far? And is this connected to the Satanism thing? Yeah, that's all directly. It's, that's like okay. quantum mechanics. Okay. And then with Buddhism and um, yoga and Ayurvedic medicine, all of that comes from the same school of thought and there's a million different people involved with deciding what rules are there and what's not there but for me it's just kind of like all right there's this whole other aspect to reality that we don't know Mm -hmm. and we can really try to understand it or we can just kind of respect it and let it teach us with satanism and what anton not anton i'm sorry crowley did for me was tell me that i have control over my will and Mm -hmm. if i ever feel like i'm out of control brain it back in kind of thing like mm-hmm. again check in like if if i'm being if i'm getting frustrated because of emotional manipulation because you're getting exploited at work mm-hmm. or your family or your friends then i check in what expectations do i have of humans okay. what expectations do i have of myself yep. and that's very base how have you experienced the energies that we cannot see because i know you're involved and interested and passionate about the other world and ghosts and yeah. spirits. What have your experiences been like that have made you feel so connected or passionate about that whole world that we have no <laughs> idea about? Um, because of my night terrors. Okay. Because when I was three, I saw things and I dreamt of things that like, they still haunt me to this day. And sometimes I think actually last night I had a weird dream because I woke up today with a familiar feeling, like almost like I was cocooned in a memory from when I was like three or four or something. And it was like, at the time, a bad dream, but now I'm seeing like, it's okay. It's just the perspective change. Right. A lot of it's come from dreams for me. Um, and what, is, what, do, what do dreams mean to you? How have, like, because I don't know a lot of research yeah. about what actually, what is a dream? Nobody knows, it seems. Humans don't know these things. It's another one of those things that we just don't know about. We just don't know, and it happens to be one of the most interesting things because we don't know a lot about it. Yeah, we don't. um, I guess scientists still haven't determined why we dream. 
I have my theories. Um, part of it is accepting that, okay, how can I get into this really simply? Evolution um, would suggest that we are the most com- complicated things, like yep. sentient, but also like all our little processes. It's crazy. We're like biological robots. Right. Lots of little parts. Um, sometimes we can grow bits back. Sometimes we can't. <laughs> but it's, it's like we're really interesting biologically as creatures. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that sleep is um, when the consciousness, that like will, the God, mm-hmm. the individual God within the temple kind of thing um, needs to sleep. It doesn't sleep. It kind of connects back to the, the original, the the source. Okay. And in a way, that's what the shared consciousness, that's the collective. Mm-hmm. But I think now, because of the sheer number of people and um, the opinions and the pain that mm-hmm. has gone un, um, unaided in people like colonialism, for example, like there is something that cannot be corrected there because society itself will collapse. What like, is colonialism? Colonialism is the act of the European um, control, dictatorship, and eradication of indigenous knowledges and people. Okay. So they came over here. Mm-hmm. Now we're here. Right. So if we were to correct that, we wouldn't be here anymore. But neither would these microphones. Neither would a lot of the world today. Mm-hmm. So it's not just this, like we can go back in time and correct it or right. be like new policy. We're changing this shit. It's we cannot correct it, but we also have to learn to heal that the, the pain. Yeah. So what's happening in America right now, what's happened with slavery, it's still, we're still in pain. That's still like a weeping, like crying wound that's mm-hmm. not, it's not healing yet because there's still shrapnel in it. But um, because of that, that's where like the collective mind when we sleep gets those nightmares and certain people will be able to experience like the full flow as if it's like a movie of just mm-hmm. getting all the data and understanding it all. It's, that's why they have the geniuses in the world and other people have been raised in a way that they're confined mentally, that they can't process that. So their dreams might be bad. Their dreams might be nothing. Okay. They might have dreams that are only about their tomorrow or, mm-hmm. or about somebody else across the world that happened like years and years ago. And we have these weird nonsensical dreams or we have these processes where it's like, I had a really bad day and it was stressful and then I watched a scary movie and now I'm having, and now I'm having a weird dream based right. on both of those things. But I think sometimes like there's the spiritual aspect of it. Like if you're meant to know something that mm-hmm. can come to you in this way. And that's what happened to me at least a lot of my life. So right. a lot of people, they'll be like, you're crazy. I am, <laughs> but like whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's definitely where a lot of my like psychic ghost stuff came from. And then yeah. when I was a kid, I like, Dabbled in the dark arts a little okay. bit and freaked myself out a little bit. And like what kind of stuff? Um, like I would, I would try to sell my soul and stuff. I would, what? Like, I was full out. What? <laughs> How do you even go about doing that? I was like, I want to sell my soul. So I like brought my sister into my room and I was like, let's sell our souls. And she's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so I like lit a bunch of candles and we just like sat there and meditated for a bit. And then I made her leave. (laughs) (laughs) And it was good. And you sold it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, so it worked. (laughs) How do you think that – because I feel – I see, like, a a pattern through your youth moving into your adult life. How has it changed? Because (laughs) – I've toned it down. It turned it down a little bit. Okay. Got that perspective there. there's been a couple times with friends where I would, like – half jokingly say like let's go to let's go under the full moon it's perfect moon and then not sell their soul i didn't do it because they wouldn't let me but like (laughs) they knew it was up yeah (laughs) like this we know why you want to go now we know what's going on and i'm like but you would get the thing that i'm selling it for too (laughs) i'm not going to use it have you ever successfully sold your soul hell yeah When, where, what did you get? Well, beauty and power, and I think it's going just fine. (laughs) No. (laughs) I think of it as, like, that Simpsons episode. Like, you can't sell something that's not yours, but you can accept your experiences. Um, So I don't think there's going to be an afterlife. I'm not going to, like, be reincarnated. Okay. Wait, how does your yoga connection – I mean, I I suppose you don't – 
in yoga, but it's Buddhist, correct? Buddhism, Buddhism is atheist. Is atheist. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning so many new things today. Yeah, because Buddhism, technically Buddha, yeah. is not a god. He's okay. just a guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just a dude. That is the yoga's basis, isn't it? Yeah, well, is that, people, that practice? humans like to say that, like, because he was born, um, before he was born, he was a white elephant in his mother's womb. Okay. And then when he came out, he's a boy okay. or something, or like a head of an elephant or some. I don't know, there's a couple different stories. But that's just the story. Okay, so... It's, how do you connect your yoga practice spiritually to your Satanism? Um, or how the will. do they? Definitely the will is okay. the way kind of thing. Like in what Crowley did, a lot of his teachings come from Buddhism. Okay. He did a lot of research on meditation. His are a little bit like what you would say Satanist because they're, they're with a different intent. Okay. You are trying to master your body in a way that you're like you're controlling your mind, your body and your speech. In Buddhism, you're you're letting yourself return to your authentic but your best self. You're okay. still trying to like improve yourself, but you're mm-hmm. trying to find yourself to be authentic. So for me it's that balance of like I want to make myself as healthy as I can possibly be to give my friends, my family and treat myself in a most authentic way mm-hmm. with love and compassion. But I'm in this world and I need to make money and I need to pay bills and right. I need to live and I need to be able to afford those vitamins. Yep. So in a Machiavellian kind of roundabout way, Satanism's that part of me that's like, I am a god and I'm going to be treated that way because I will it for myself compared okay. to I will try my best to get what I need to succeed okay. kind of thing. So it's, that, it's a different in, um, inflection even yeah. in how you're talking to yeah. yourself. I have to will myself to have power because once I will myself to have power, I have it. Once I tell myself I'm beautiful, I am. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't physically transact, have a transaction point of sale with the devil mm-hmm. or even actually could be like, yeah, I have a soul. Like, I don't know. I don't care. Believing that I did do that as yeah. a child makes me feel like, damn, I'm a badass. <laughs> I sold my soul when I was 12. <laughs> Everybody has something weird about them. Yeah, for sure. Whether gonna, they show it or not. <laughs> whether they show it or not. And, like, whether they accept it or not, somebody else mm-hmm. probably shares it, too. Mm-hmm. I've diffused so many awkward situations just from, like, breathing different. Like, I'll just sit down with somebody because mm-hmm. they look sad, and then yeah. it's, like, new best friend. All right. <laughs> new best friend. Talk to me about, your like, your meditation practice. Has it – how did you start that process – I'm finding I have found it only because I have only started doing this in the last couple months. Um, Like a lot of people find it challenging, I think, to sit still within their own head. Yeah. But with practice, I've gotten better at it. Has it come easy to you naturally? It it was an anxiety thing as a kid for me. I would have like, especially after the night terrors stopped, I just couldn't sleep. So I'd lay in bed and I'd like breathe. And I just really consciously learned to let go and almost feel like I was melting every time I exhaled. Okay. And that's what I would use to fall asleep. And that was when I was a child. And then when I was, I think, like 16, 17, I was dating this guy. He caused me so much anxiety. And I would feel the blood in my ears pumping at night. He pissed me off so much. But, like, I was, like, so confused at the time. I had to kind of go back to that and learn to, to breathe. And it's always the breathing. It's not necessarily, like sitting with myself it's like how do I just breathe focus and on focus breath. on breathing but mm-hmm. now I'm not really as concerned about those preoccupations but when I'm like I need to meditate it's because where am I what am I doing why am I running around right you why do I want McDonald's all of a sudden right and then I'm like oh shit okay what do I need yeah look what, inward a little bit. right so it's it's that like Learning to accept what silence is and learning to get familiar with being silent Mm -hmm. and and getting comfortable in that silence. Mm -hmm. So people sometimes have a hard time with just being alone. And that might Mm -hmm. be what they need to work on for the first little bit. And then when they're able to just be alone, to not be touching their phone, to not be fidgeting and and then sitting. And then maybe their mind will still wander, but that's okay. Like in Satanism, going Mm -hmm. back to that. Um, Crowley would use, I can't remember the name, but he would use concepts of images. So he'd say, like, imagine an oval, a white oval with a red triangle inside of it. And then you just imagine that, Mm -hmm. like, about four inches in front of your face. Yeah. And that's what you would try to imagine. So you'd only maybe see the image, and then over time you'd see that it has a ridge, and then you could flip it over in your mind. And then 
trying to manipulate flipping an object around in your head kind mm -hmm. of gets your brain off of the human things off of, everything off else. of like the bills and the taxes and the people yeah. it's like i'm trying to imagine something in my head right now and you don't realize how difficult it is to shut off the rest of it but then right. also to stay focused right so in yoga that's called drishti you're like focused on the right the thing in front of you so when right. you're doing your your warrior two and you're looking down your front middle finger it's not just because they don't want you looking at your neighbor it's like mm -hmm. you're looking down your front middle finger to like put your power there so if you could cut somebody with your fingernails you would with just inhale and exhale you wouldn't even like that's where martial arts comes into like you need okay. to just learn to control your body in a way that your will will happen not because mm -hmm. it's like I have to work hard to get it there it's like no you're gonna just do it once and it's gonna be perfect and it's mm -hmm. gonna be done I mean that's not real life but that's how you have to talk to yourself right in this kind of spiritual aspect because real life is where the mistakes happen mm -hmm. Your mind is where you can make things perfect. Interesting. I hate that word so much. Yeah, perfect. but perfect. But that's where you can. If anywhere in your head is mm -hmm. where that heavenly perfection nirvana exists. Interesting. And it also is where hell exists. So, both. Or both at the, the same demon, time. The demons yeah. lay to rest. So knowing that I have the parts of me that like have put me through wanting to hurt myself, mm -hmm. being angry, wanting to distance myself from everyone, from using poor coping mechanisms to then not using um, anything and just like starving myself mm -hmm. as a new coping mechanism. I, I've learned to watch people in a way that's more respectful. So I think now because I'm just accepting, I need to learn to intervene in a very um, innocent way. Like if I notice somebody's doing something, I don't want to stop them from doing the thing that they're doing, mm -hmm. but I have to learn to communicate in a more effective, um, empathetic way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because sometimes people just want to be told that they're doing well. Sometimes right. people want to be told that they're being seen, mm -hmm. but not a lot of times they want to be corrected. Because when I was younger, and that, I think that's where all the mental illness came from, I wasn't trying to help people. I didn't okay. want to... Um, I didn't want to help myself because I expected somebody else to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? sounds familiar. So now I'm I'm at the point where I'm like, well, nobody's going to help me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help myself, but I'm also going to help others. Yep. It's like that and literally. not be vindictive. Right. Not a bit. Yeah. I, uh, a couple thoughts. One <laughs> is that um, I, the episode that will come up before this, I um, it's a five-question Friday. Someone asked me a similar question about – um, why I do the things that I do and you get in exactly that you get to a point where um, I just thought someone else would fix me someone else would fix everything and make make it all better yeah. and I put all of my uh, happiness and contentment and fulfillment on the fact that someone else would do it for me and then getting to the point where it's like all right well it's been a couple of years now I need to help myself and the exact thing I did that I have always looked at that was the catalyst for the rest of my healing was going to work at the and volunteer at the dog rescue and oh. put my energy into someone else helping someone else in full circle allowed me to feel better about myself which then in turn allowed me to help figure my own shit out and then it's just stand been up like, and grow yeah on like your own foundation yeah and it's always been about um the quote is um do not let the world bitter you. Mm. And that has been, that like sticks in the back of my head. I really should have it fucking tattooed on me. But because a lot of things can be really shitty and, but there's always going to be like, you have to be that little portion that's not. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> you can always find the shitty portion, but don't let it bitter you because I think a lot of people get, and I, and I myself before having this healing process that is not linear, <laughs> but that was like the main thing was like, everything else is shit, I'm just going to be shit. And I think yeah. a lot of people get stuck in that. I think that is, like, a, a big mentality. Yeah. And, and, like, there's that, like, keep things shitty feel. Like, yep. well, it's garbage anyways, and we're already rolling mm -hmm. around in our filth. Might as well not Stay feel here. bad that we're doing that. Yep. Might as well keep doing it. And now it's, like, yeah, how do you how do you pick up the mess without shaming? Yeah. Either? And it's, it's heavy sometimes because you learn your own conditioning. Mm -hmm. And, like... You can't ever say that, like, oh, I've worked all my shit out. No. no. Right? So, I don't like, think that's ever going to happen. I, and I don't know any situation that I could be perfectly ready for. Again, the word perfect, but, like, I could never tell myself, like, 
I can expect these things from happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to react these ways. Right. I, I have no idea what the world's going to give me. What has your relationship been like with failure? My mom taught me something recently about mental illness with, with um, this in mind is that mm-hmm. if I don't count them, if I don't know how many times I failed, then I'll never know how important that one success is. Mm-hmm. And you hear all the time, it's everywhere in the media. We've probably eaten it a thousand times since we were children in cartoons, mm-hmm. but like somehow it hasn't stuck that mm-hmm. if if I don't know, if I don't count how many times there was a flop, when will that win actually matter? Because right. if I win every time, or if I win and then nothing and then win and then nothing, right. and then that one failure happens, that failure is going to hurt a lot more. Mm-hmm. Recently, because before I definitely expected success, especially after university, like having graduated and not having gotten a job right away. It's like, I got A's. What? (laughs) Give me a job. Give me benefits. I want a pension started. Come on, guys. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. Yeah. Can't expect the successes just because you have an honors or whatever you got. Mm -hmm. This or that degree. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter how lucky you are either. Did you find that in that mindset, failures were a lot harder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, they were those emotional um, moments of, like, I'm exhausted now because I reacted so violently or so yeah. drastically to my failure mm-hmm. myself. Now I'm more tired and mm-hmm. I and I want to sleep more. I want to use more coping mechanisms to put myself then further behind that growth. I could have just been like, oh, shit, dust myself off. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Instead, I jumped down four steps instead of just – dealt with acknowledging it, it and continuing trying to forward. keep going forward yeah. yeah so how has your definition of success also changed subsequently um well i i don't expect so much so now it's like success is when my needs are met and nobody's harmed mm-hmm. <laughs> basically very simple um yeah i keep my expectations pretty low in a way that's not not like I'd put myself down. I don't deserve the most, but I know when to kind of pick my my battles mm-hmm. more. That's really just through experience. That right. I'm knowing not to react to every little thing just because part of me wants to. Mm-hmm. What would be your best piece of advice for someone else? Try to try harder and doubt your doubts. Because we always are like, try harder. And it's like, no, try to try harder. Tell yourself, give yourself a minute to be like, can I even? (laughs) Can I even do this right now? Try to try harder. And then be like, is there a better time for this maybe? Or like, just suck it up and do it. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, just sit with yourself. Look inward. Yeah, you're pretty cool. Just like, gotta believe it. (laughs) Just check in. Check in. All right. That's a wrap, man. We did it. Time flies, right? That was good. Time flies. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And that is a wrap. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I am about to go on a wild intellectual adventure inside of my own head. It's like my thoughts have thoughts. Esme has opened up a lot of different topics of conversation um, that I find really fascinating. And I hope you guys enjoyed um, our conversation And hope you're going to take something away from it and uh, keep spreading the lemon soul love. Until next time, try to try harder and go doubt your doubts.